Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Now we praise you, Lord Jesus. Give you praise as our resurrected Lord. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me this morning, please, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Now, after the Sabbath, that is, after the Sabbath being on Saturday, after the crucifixion on Friday, after the Sabbath is the first day of the week, do you understand why, why the first day of the week is something that Christians throughout history have chosen to meet on Sunday. It's because it was, the pra- it was the day of resurrection. And it was also because it was the practice of the early church to meet and gather together on resurrection day, the first day of the week. As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, There was a great great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you have seen Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and, so, and go quickly. And tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. I love the wonderful promise of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The message translation, the message paraphrase, I should say, says it like this. What a God we have. How fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. Because he lives. Our hope is sure and secured and steadfast. And we'll have more to say about that. But did you know that the resurrection of Jesus is not some theoretical storybook ghostly tale? The resurrection of Jesus is one of the most powerfully documented events in human history. The Word of God is very clear. 
The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. Do you understand that all the enemies, all the devil, all the demonic spirits, all that the Roman soldiers, all that the Jewish religious leaders had to do was produce a body, and they could not. The tomb was empty. Do you understand that the scriptures are very clear that Jesus not only appeared to the women, he appeared to Cephas, Simon Peter. He appeared to the apostles as they were gathered. And then according to 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says that Jesus in his resurrected body appeared to over 500 witnesses at one time. We have lawyers in the church. If you had a case and you could line up 500 eyewitnesses to all give an account of what they saw, you would have the tightest case in history. This is not a fairy tale. This, your Lord, was raised from the dead and visibly seen and documented. And anybody who could have stomped it would have produced the documents the documentation. But I want to tell you the most radical testimony to me is the transformed lives. Did you know that before the resurrection, these guys didn't have a great track record? Sounds like me and you sometimes, right? Do you understand that after Jesus was arrested, the Bible says, and all of his disciples forsook him and fled. After the resurrection, these same cowardly, running, frightened disciples, after the resurrection, every single one of them gave their lives in testimony that they believed in the resurrected Jesus. Some of them even refused, according to tradition, to be crucified like Jesus was, so they, were, they, they insisted that they be crucified upside down. Some of them were beheaded. Some, like Paul, was exterminated, executed by the Roman Emperor Nero. Every single one who had seen the Lord Jesus lived the rest of their lives in dramatic, full surrender to the one who they saw alive. The power of the resurrected Jesus, the power of changed lives, willing to give everything for the reality of the resurrected Lord because he lives Sin's hold is broken off of us. Would you look at Romans chapter 6 with me? In Romans chapter 6, we see that in the eyes and the mind of God, not only was Jesus there, but represented at the cross and the burial and the resurrection was those of us who, by the grace of God, would believe in him. Verse 4, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we too should walk in newness of life. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified with him. Yeah, you were there. I was there. Our old us, the old us, apart from the new life of Jesus, that the body of sin, that is the power of sin in our old life, might be broken, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, and we did, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing, watch this, that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Because he lives, sin has no dominion over you. Look at verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the violated law of God anymore. You're under the grace of God, the ability, the favor of God because of the resurrection of Jesus. Death's power is destroyed because he lives. Did you know that because Jesus was raised from the dead, The only part of you that's ever going to die is this shell that you're wearing right now. It's the only part of you that's going to die. And if you are in Christ, one of the most glorious things that's going to ever happen to you is when this shell, when that, those organs of yours stop functioning. I've been on people, with people who are about to pass from this life into another. I've been with people who knew and loved the Lord. And many times I will see this as they are lying in their bed in the last few hours of their life. I see this many times. I see this. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. see this. There is coming that day because of the resurrection of Jesus that this shell that you live on this earth with is going to expire and don't you dare forget this life is very fragile. It is very fragile. You're a heartbeat away from eternity. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, if you have received him through his grace and opened your heart and received him as your Lord, your worst day here will be your best day there. It will be the end of a frail and a very difficult transition because the love story that's going on between you and the Lord is a wonderful love story, but it's being told in the context of war. When you, when your heart beats its last, to be absent from this body for the believer is to be present with the Lord. Because of the resurrection. Sin and death have no power over us who believe. Because he lives, we have an advocate with the Father. An advocate is a super lawyer. You know what that means? It means there is somebody who never loses a case. And he is constantly before the throne of of the Father. And he is constantly pleading your case and saying, I've got this. I've got this. 
I've got this. There is a holy, righteous attorney who is representing you before the righteous judge. And because of the resurrection, which followed the crucifixion, your sins are covered. Do you know what the book of Hebrews actually says? The book of Hebrews says that God the Father, for those who are in Christ, God the Father has chosen to forget all my sin in yours. That is good news. Because he lives. We have someone who is praying for us 24-7, and he always has an audience with the Father, and that's Jesus Christ, our high priest. Hebrews 4 is very clear that we have a high priest who is touched with what touches us, who always intercedes for us before the throne of God, and he intercedes with us in mercy and in grace. Can I tell you something? If you claim to know Jesus in your life, is characterized by judgment and self-righteousness, you don't know him very well. He is a God of mercy and grace. He is the full characterization of the Father. God is permeated by and in essence, unconditional, unrelenting, unfathomable love. The love of God. And can I tell you something? I don't care what situation you've got today. I don't care how many enemies you have. Love wins every time. I say that not on the basis only of observation, but I say that on the basis of the Word of God. Love never fails, 1 Corinthians 13. It always prevails. Thank you, O God, for the resurrection and the love that we can experience. And because He lives, we have a permanent home. I love John 14, where Jesus said, after he had told the disciples he was leaving the earth, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to go to my Father and prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. Do you know what's going to make heaven so wonderful? Because Jesus is there. And it's not going to be up there with a throng of people in choir robes. Can I tell you something? There is absolutely nothing boring about being with Jesus. You're going to be more productive than you've ever been. The Bible says we're going to live and reign with him. Well, to live and reign means you've got plenty to do. Amen. Because he lives, we've got a permanent home. Because he lives, we're guaranteed a reunion with those who've preceded us in the Lord. You know that man who was your father? 
You know that woman who was your mother? You know that precious child who God gifted and entrusted to you? Do you know those precious friends that he's given you, who've invested in your life, who've gone on in the Lord? You are going to be reunited with them forever. The Word of God is very clear. Not only the wonderful passage in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but I love this passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Because of the resurrection, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, that is, sleep, the sleep of death, who are in Christ, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe, listen, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. If that be the return of the Lord while we're still here, he's going to return with those who are already in him. And if you go before the return of the Lord, people say, Pastor, are we going to know each other in heaven? I, I don't mean to diss your question, but duh. <laughs> don't be offended. 1 Corinthians says that now on this earth we see in part and we know in part, but then when we see him, we will know fully. So do you honestly believe that somebody that you know and love here who's gone on to be with the Lord, that you won't even recognize them there? That is nonsense. Of course. Because death, power has been broken by the resurrection of Jesus, our substitute, our guarantor, our representative, and because he lives. One of the greatest promises in all the scripture is Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Ryan, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Would you join me in this declaration on this resurrection day? Would you say it with me if it represents your heart? Mighty Father, in the name of Jesus, on this resurrection day, I hereby declare with my mouth that as for me, Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. In Jesus' name, I declare that I am saved by the power of the resurrected Jesus. We observe Holy Communion here every Sunday. And usually we ask for the Holy Spirit to remind us it is an identification with what he's done on our behalf. Last Sunday on Palm Sunday, we observed Holy Communion in reverence 
of identification with the Lord on the night he was betrayed. Today, I want you to understand that Holy Communion is not just koinonia. It's not just intimate fellowship with the Lord. Holy Communion is also Eucharist. It is the giving of celebratory thanks. And here at Easter, as we celebrate the resurrection, there is a mighty hope in all who are connected by faith to this mighty risen Jesus. There is a hope inside you if you've received him. You can go on. You can get through. You can prevail. You can live again. You can love again. You can enter into a new season of life. There is a hope that is unstoppable. Hallelujah. In the resurrected Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you that as we journey this life, you are our hope. You are our steadfast and secure anchor. You are the prevailing power to get up and face a new day, bright with hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for the divine energy that is in that hope that is in every believer. We praise you and give you thanks that because you live, we can face our every tomorrow. You know, I just think it is wholly inappropriate on this day, as I see in the scriptures. I see people who celebrated the Lord's presence and his victories. I see them celebrating with instruments and shouts and ovations. And if you're uncomfortable with that, you'll get over it real fast when you get into heaven. There is a mighty celebration of great joy going on. Would you join me today and just give the Lord an ovation of holy, holy praise and thanksgiving for your holy and mighty God. Thank you, O oh Lord. How we bless you and praise you. How we bless you and praise you, O oh God. Our mighty King and our God. How we worship you. And how we praise you, O oh God. Glory to your holy and your mighty name. Our risen Lord, forever and ever, we give you glory and honor and praise. Our King and our God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you have a wonderful and glorious Resurrection Day. We'll see you next Sunday. We look forward to seeing you then. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.